Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Message, uh, uh, again, uh, uh, Matt, he had ministered a couple weeks ago just to help me out when we were out of town. Uh, just amazing. And I said something to him the other day uh, when we had our meeting, and he's like, oh, you did listen to my message. I'm like, I did. That was actually really good. And, and he thought just because I said something that sounded like him, I was, I was listening to his message. But no, I did listen to it. It was, it was good. <laughs> uh, praise God. But we are calling this message, this series, it's been called Shifting Gears. Everybody say Shifting Gears. Say it with me. Say, I'm making a shift. shift. Amen. All right, so that being said, here's what I want you to do. If it's possible, now I see some of you might be on the end, so you have to be strategic in how you're going to do this. But right now, everybody, everybody, everybody say everybody. Everybody. So now that means you. Because when I say this, you're going to be saying, I don't want to do that. No, everybody is everybody, okay? So I want you to make a shift right now and get up from the seat you're in and just shift over one, all right? It don't matter. If you want to get cozy with the person next to you, great. Or if you want to distance yourself, again, just make some shift. All righty. Did you make the shift? Point to the person that didn't shift. She didn't? All right. Okay. (laughs) Amen. All right. So we shifted, and so you'll understand why I had you shift here in just a moment. All right? But if you recall, we've been talking about this season that we're in, and we said that this is one of the greatest hours for the church or the body of Christ that we are living in. When we begin to look at all the things that are taking place in this world, we begin to see that God is moving in a spectacular way to minister and meet the, the needs of his people. And the greatest need that we have is the need of a Savior. Can somebody say amen? amen. And so we said that really in this hour, what God is doing is the glory of God is coming back to the church. And what that means is, is that the presence of God is coming back into the church. And last Sunday, if you were here... I'm telling you, it blessed my heart to see how many people came forward just to come at the feet of Jesus and just purpose to pursue God's face. And God's moving and and ministering to his people in this hour. And how many of you know that there are a lot of people that have broken hearts in this hour, in this season? And and obviously in, in Christmas, it amplifies things. But I believe that this is an hour that God is restoring and doing a restoration work in the lives of people because he loves us so much. And God's presence is becoming more tangible and more real in the body of Christ in this hour. Because he's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And the church is actually what God calls the local assembly of God or the local church. So in other words, God's looking for those people that are coming together. And everything in this world is telling us, don't get together, don't get together. Don't go to church because it's dangerous to go to church. And God says, hey, that's where I'm going. I'm going to church. Right? And that's who he's looking for in this hour. I'm not saying that God's saying, well, you got to be in church in order for you to go to heaven uh, when I come. But he's saying, I'm looking for those people that are actually shifting gears and pursuing me. 
Or you could say it this way, these are days that we're seeing heaven on earth. Where God's showing up heaven on earth. And so, uh, again, I just hope that your heart is becoming more hungry and stirred in this, just this series that we've been talking about. Uh, if you recall, uh, I've been using some examples of just driving a manual stick shift or a manual transmission and making the comparisons into this season of shifting gears and just the protocols and the requirements and what you must do. And if you've ever driven a stick shift, how many of you know that there's multiple things that have to happen at the same time? I mean, you're, you're driving, but you got to shift it. you got to know what gear to put it in, but there's the clutch, there's the brake, there's the gas. I mean, there's multiple things that got to happen. And, and, and some of you, you know, there is the thing called blinker, right? You know, you gotta, you got to use that. But anyways, there's multiple things that are going on, and so I want to share with you just another example in light of driving a manual transmission or a stick shift because we're talking about shifting gears. The season in which we're living, God is wanting us to shift gears as to the life in which we've been living. And so I remember uh, I had a vehicle uh, just out of high school. My parents blessed me with a vehicle and then I got in an accident and then I bought a new vehicle. And so uh, it wasn't, I didn't have the ability to get quite the fancy car that I had that my parents got. So I, I, I uh, downsized, didn't really downsize, but I got me one of those S10 pickups. Anybody remember the S10s? And it was a cool truck. In fact, it was probably one of the best vehicles that I ever had. It was just a workhorse. But it was a, it was a stick shift. And so I remember actually when I was in high school, a buddy of mine, uh, he would go to work for car dealerships. And if you've been around this area for any length of time, you'll remember that years ago there used to be car dealerships on Clio Road and, and on Dort Highway. I mean, they're long gone. There's hardly nothing on those streets anymore. But there used to be car lots down on those stretches. And if you recall, there used to be what they called parking lot sales. In fact, uh, on the corner, it used to be where the fair store used to be, if you remember where the fair store used to be, on the corner of Clio and Pearson. And so uh, my friend told me about the car dealerships that were uh, hiring young guys to drive vehicles from the car lots down to the mall parking lot where they're having the parking lot sale. He said, hey, it's just easy work. They're paying you to do so. And I'm thinking, hey, drive cars. <laughs> hey, every young guy likes to drive cars, right? So you get there, and they ask the question, do you know how to drive a stick shift? Yeah. I said, sure. I said, yeah. How hard can it be? Clutch, brake, you know, it just, yeah, I know how to do that. I knew how to do it in theory, you know. But now, it was just a straight shot, so it was pretty simple. You put it in gear, drive down to the parking lot, you know, it was really easy to go. I, I faked my way through it and got my paycheck. It was, it was easy enough. But now, a few years later, when I got this pickup truck, and it was a stick shift. I did real good, you know, when it was just on a regular uh, flat, you know, uh, pavement. But one day, I was in Birch Run. I can still see it where I was at. I was at Birch Run, and I just put gas in the gas tank, filled it up. And there's this particular gas station in Birch Run right off the expressway that as you depart from there, it's really ramped up. And so I put it in gear, and I'm driving out of my spot, and I get up to the edge of the road, and I come up the hill, and traffic's coming, so you do what you do. You put the brake on, and you put the clutch on. Now I'm in a dilemma. 
because now I'm going uphill, foot on the clutch, and foot on the brake. And I'm seeing the traffic coming, and then there's an opening coming. And as the opening comes, I start to pull my foot off the brake, and I start to back up. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what's up here? I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute now. I'll figure this thing out. So traffic keeps coming again, and now cars are starting to come up behind me. And I'm like, uh-oh. Take the foot off the brake, you back up. Hmm. Clutching. Gas pedal over here. Foot on the brake. So the only thing I knew to do was be fast-footed. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't know how you do this thing, but I just got to be fast with my feet. So foot on the brake, foot on the clutch, opening came. Man, <laughs> I took my foot off the brake, slammed it down on the gas, popped the clutch. Ah! You know, I'm screaming out of the parking lot, out of the parking lot, coming up the hill. I mean, the back of the truck shaking, you know, coming out onto the road. And I'm thinking, oh, dear God. I'm like, whoa. Now, it was pretty hairy because now I thought I knew how to drive a stick shift. I, knew, I thought I knew how to shift the gears. I went through the motions that I normally did, but there was something different about this circumstance. I'm on an upward hill. And so I go home and I start to talk to my dad and my dad you know drew, drove uh, semis for the, the service in Vietnam and so he was good about driving stick shifts and so I was telling my dad I was, you know telling that story I got out of breath my gosh man praise the Lord <laughs> got too excited with that story <sighs> this fat boy needs to go on a diet <laughs> wow anyways <laughs> I went and got a physical just a couple weeks ago they didn't say anything about this they said blood pressure's good they said hey good to go Anyways, uh, <clears throat> my wife even asked, actually asked that. She said, did, did the doctor tell, her, tell you that you're a little overweight and you need to work out? No, he didn't say anything about that. So, <sighs> anyways, you've got to love a wife that's in your corner. Come on, man. She supports me all the way. Woo. So, anyways, I went back and I started talking to my dad and was telling him, I said, Dad, I said, I was going uphill, and I, like, just jumped off the brake onto the gas. I mean, it was ugly. And Dad says, well, there's a technique to it, son. He said, when you got your foot on the clutch, he said, you got to ride the clutch and start to let it out. He said, you'll feel it start to grab, and it will hold you there. And that will give you the ability to get your foot off the brake onto the gas. And I'm like, huh, good to know. <laughs> wish, I, wish I knew that then. But do you understand what I'm saying? And that's where oftentimes we find ourselves is that we're shifting through the gears and we're going through the motions and it's what we've seemed to always know. But then something comes up that we've never experienced before. It's like, <laughs> it's time to shift gears. And that's where we're at right now in this season of the church is that it's time to shift gears. Remember, I said when I came out of that parking lot spot where I was, I was getting gas, I came up the hill, and I actually had to come to a stop. And that is what has happened within the body of Christ right now in this season and in this hour, is that everything within our culture and world has said it is time to come to a stop. It's time to take pause, and we're sitting here with our foot on the brake, our foot on the clutch, and saying, what do we do now? Right? Right? 
And, and not that it's from God. We've, we've clarified that. God is not in this thing that's going on. But you know that God can get in the middle of this thing and begin to turn it around for our welfare and our benefit. Amen? And this is how I saw it, is that, you know, the way that we have been living life, just as a culture, as people in the church, is that we have been going up and down these hills and we've been so busy with life and we've just come off this major hill and we are going, have been going down the hill and we've been getting so much momentum because of all the busyness of life and we have started to come up the hill again and as we've come up the hill, something said, all right, it's time to pause, it's time to stop and now we're going uphill and we're in the middle with our foot on the brake and our foot on the clutch and we're saying, what now? What now? Unfortunately, there have been many that in this hour of what has been going on have said, I just don't know what to do. And they've allowed themselves to regress. And rather than putting their foot on the gas, they've just taken their foot off the brake. The clutch is still in, the motor's engaged, the motor's still running, but they've took their foot off the brake and they don't know what to do. And what they've ended up doing is they've fallen into a slump. They've ended up into the valley of the little hill that we came out of and they're sitting at the bottom of the valley because they let the brake out and they don't know what to do. They went backwards and they don't know how to get out of the funk that they're in because they've just taken their foot off the brake. But you see... The hour that we're in is God is saying, you've paused long enough. You've been at a standstill. I've been endeavoring to get your attention. You've slowed down. You was going so fast and you were so busy with life that you couldn't sit at the feet of the master. You were all about the things that you had to do. Remember last week we talked about Mary being busy about the meal and Martha sitting at the feet of Jesus. And she says to Jesus, can't you tell my sister that we're, there's work to be done? And he says, she chose the good part, sitting at my feet. And what she received, no man can take away from her. And so that's what God is saying. I I've gotten you to a place where you have a choice right now to continue to go back to the busyness of all the things that you were doing or you can actually allow yourself to pause long enough to focus and see what really matters and come to the feet of Jesus and purpose to see the things that God has intended for us in this hour. And see... The move of God is coming to the church and see, we're right in the middle of the hill and God's saying, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start to let your foot off the clutch. Let it start to grab a little bit. He said, because if you can just get to the top of the hill, oh, when you crest the top of the hill, there's such a move that's coming. There's such an outpouring of the Spirit of God in your life. That is all you have to do. Since you've slowed down, all you need to do is start to creep up to the top of the hill. Don't worry about all the things that you thought you had on the agenda list. Listen, when you get up here, it's going to take off because I want to do something in your life. But are we willing to shift gears and allow God to move in our life? You know, just recently, just this past week... I met with a particular individual. He says, hey, can, can we get together? And I said, sure. And so we got together, and he just began to share some things with me. And one of the things that he began to share with me is just kind of like current position where 
he foresaw life and there was just some concern of the transition and some anxiety that came about with that and as we began to talk I just began to share really the heart of God and just God's heart and God's promise and by the end of the conversation he's like wow he said praise God he said I needed this I see things from a whole different perspective and man he says I'm glad that we had the opportunity to talk well what happened in that conversation you see we can be paused and we can be stopped but oftentimes what we end up doing is we start looking back from the hill that we came off of and all the business and we start to contemplate uh, uh, getting back into the routine and the, the uh, merry-go-round and just the, the, the busyness of life. Right? But he said, you help change my thinking. You help change my thinking. And now I see things and I've got hope. And all the, the while that we've been talking in this series, that's been something that has been stirring in my heart, that the shifting of the gears really is in part the shifting of our thought life. And then this past Friday, we got together with the Kellys. The Kellys, they, they uh, got with us and we had dinner with them. It was a fun night and as we just began to talk about some things my wife she began to share something and I thought that is so good I'm like preach girl man come on give me a note paper man I got to write that down but one of the things that she began to share just in our conversation she was talking about just where people are and she said you know it's interesting where people will go through the motions remember we've been talking about going through the motions shifting through the gears just because we know what needs to be done she said people will go through the motions, even go to church, pray, read their Bibles. And they can actually say that they have a faith, but they never see the results that they're looking for because they don't think correctly. You can do all the right things, but think incorrectly, and it will hold you in a holding pattern or cause you from going to where God wants you to go because you've not renewed your thinking or thought rightly about the next phase. Do you know what I'm talking about? For instance... You've heard it time and time again where there's those people that won the million dollar, million dollar lottery, right? They're multi-millionaires. And statistically, just about every single one of those people, they lose all the money within a year and a half's time because they don't know how to manage money. See, they thought if I just got something, life would be different. Well, the only thing that changed is that they had money in their pocket for a little while. But because they didn't know how to think correctly about money, they ended up losing it and still coming back to not having Having nothing. Do you see how having the right mentality is so significant and so important in this hour? And that is the shift that needs to take place. We need to shift in our thinking. You need to see yourself as being deserving of God's blessing. You've got to see yourself as being worthy of what God desires. You've got to see yourself as being loved by God. And oftentimes I see and talk to people that they'll say, I, you know, I just, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I measure up. And, and there's a lot of things that will uh, uh, create that mentality or thinking. But oftentimes that's what's holding people up is because they think that they are unqualified for what God says he wants to do. And as long as you think you're unqualified, you'll never walk in the blessings of God or the increase 
or the favor of God or the grace of God or the mercy of God. Why? Because you've got to see yourself as God sees you. Remember, we said that God gave his best. If you weren't worthy, why do you think that God would go to all the trouble of giving you his best? You're worthy. And he saw that you were worth it. Now, I had you shift the seats that you're in today. Because my hope is, is that the patterns of thoughts and thinking that you had when you came in here, the way you saw yourself, the way you expected God to do things, or whatever you came in here, preconceived ideas, that as you sat in a different seat, you have this purpose to rearrange yourself and actually be the person that God has called you to be, the person that God says, I truly, genuinely love, and this is the person you'll leave being rather than the person that was sitting in the other chair. Amen. Does that make sense? Because once again, we oftentimes look at ourselves and say, well, I just, you know, I'll never have. Amen. You know, I'm convinced... That if we were all to go to heaven right now, and we all believe before we ask Jesus into our heart, well, we're going to heaven, praise God. But I, I'm almost convinced that if all of us went to heaven right now, they would greet us at the door, and they would say, here's your robe of righteousness. And you're like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. And they're like, well, what's the matter? That's too nice. I, I, I don't wear that kind of stuff. Well, no, listen, we, we've reserved the best for you. But listen, I'm used to what I wear. I've had it for the last eight years. I've got it wore in. It, it's comfortable to me. It even smells like me. I mean, this is what I'm comfortable with. But listen, what we have for you is the finest material that the universe has ever known. It's the greatest amount of thread count that anything has ever been made. It is awesome. Listen, I, uh-uh. I want my stuff. Why in the world would we reject it? It's because the thinking that we have down here is, now, I'm just used to the, I'm used to the bargain rack. Right? Nothing wrong with a good bargain. But we oftentimes live there. The mentality is there. Hey, would you like to go to a nice restaurant? You realize that the Bible says when we get to heaven, there's what's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. I mean, you talk about fine dining. You talk about the best meal that you've ever had in your life. I mean, you talk about Wolfgang Buck. I mean, he hasn't done anything in terms of making a fancy meal compared to what we're getting ready to eat, right? But I think some of us, we'd get up there and say, listen, I can't do this. Well, why not? Because I'm used to eating Subway. I mean, this ain't my kind of... This ain't my kind of food. I'm a Subway kind of guy. Well, listen, this is the best of the best. Listen, I'm telling you. I go to the, 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 the grocery store and, and that, that little container that has the meat in it that's like a week old. I go there because it's discounted by 45%. That's where I get my meat from. And it's still good. Wipe a little of the green off, but it's still good. Are you getting what I'm saying? I believe that we have not allowed ourselves to see ourselves in the way that God sees us. Therefore, we say, God, I wish you would do something. And God says, I've already done it. I want you to experience it. But you haven't allowed your thinking to transition. 
You haven't seen yourself in the light that I see you. You don't see yourself as being qualified. You don't see yourself as being enough. And I see you as being enough. Now shift the gear, shift the thinking, and begin to see yourself like I see you. Amen? There's a shift that needs to take place. It comes by renewing the mind. Now once again, we can read the Bible but not let it affect us. We can come to church and hear a message and just wait for it to be done. I think some come to church and probably get the best nap of their life once a week. Like, woo, praise the Lord. That was awesome. <laughs> Man, didn't sleep like that. Man, they turned the heat up, made it nice and cozy. <laughs> right? But see, we can hear the word of God and not let it transform our thinking. But God is wanting us to shift our thinking. And the moment you begin to think like God wants you to think, that's when you're in a position to receive what God has for you. Amen? Now, how can we begin to shift our thinking? We're going on the hill. We're at the crest of the, uh, crest of the hill. And it's time for the momentum to start. There's four things that I want to help you in Shifting gears. Four gears that I want you to be intentional to shift this week and coming into the next year. Gear number one or first gear. First gear is to be intentional to walk in love. Do you realize that if you had purpose to walk in love, it would answer everything that ails you in this life? Do you realize that you wouldn't have people problems? If we walked in love? Yeah. In fact, for that matter, have you ever met those people that it seems as though every time you get around them, it is chaos erupts around them? I mean, they come into the room and it's like they get into a conflict with somebody. It's like, how is it that it doesn't matter where you go, you get into, you get into a, a, a scuff with somebody? You know, you walk around with this chip on your shoulder. Well, why is it that people are like that? It's because of wrong thinking. But the wrong thinking did not come just from you. The wrong thinking was instilled in you from what you came from. And so you're going to have to be intentional to renew your mind to think differently because everywhere that you go, you're going to come in contact with people. Amen. Listen, there is no failure in God. And there is no failure in love. If your marriage is struggling right now, listen, gear number one will solve everything in your marriage to walk in love. Well, you don't know what she's done. You don't know what he's done. Listen, I didn't ask you about what they did, what they said, what their past is. I said, walk in love. Shift the gear. And it will cause you to think differently. But you, no, listen, do you realize that love doesn't keep record? So if you choose to shift it in gear, I, I can't remember the failures or the mess-ups or the mistakes or the hurts because I choose not to keep record no more. Amen. Choose to walk in love. And you might say, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, then I'm glad that you're honest with me because we want to bless you for Christmas. There is this book called Love, The Secret to Success. If it all goes well, I'll have one of these for you next week for Christmas, our gift to you to help you walk in love. And you might say, I already got one of those. Then read it. <laughs> and if you happen to get a second one, give it to somebody. 
All right? Amen. All right, so love, purpose to walk in love. Shift it into gear. Now, that is gear number one because anything else is built upon first gear, right? Everything else is built upon your love walk. Gear number two. Gear number two is to find out what God said concerning you, what you're desiring to see in your life. So in other words, what are some scriptural promises that God has in store for you? Find out what the Word says. Get promises. My wife has this on our refrigerator. On this side it says, failure is not an option. In our house, failure is not an option. Then on the front of it, it says, God is able. And there's multiple scriptures that just tells us where God is able. Why does she put that on our refrigerator? Because she's keeping the promise of God in front of us. Why? Because if you just leave it to yourself, you'll start to revert back to, you'll put it, the clutch in, or let the break out rather, you'll start to fall back into the valley, you'll start to feel sorry for yourself, you'll start to complain and grumble, you'll start to point fingers at your spouse or your kids, and you'll start to have a pity party. And so it's important for us to put the promises of God before us so that we're renewing our mind. And I'll tell you that if you live with somebody, I mean, I know you're not all blessed to have a perfect wife like me, okay? So suck it up. I'm, all right, I'm lucky, okay? Paul is too, yes. Where's Paul? I heard that. But if you live with, I say, Paul, hey. <laughs> But if you live with somebody, how many of you know that you're going to bump heads a little bit? Some of you that are single, you probably bump heads with yourself. You walk by the mirror, what are you looking at? Right? <laughs> Stop it. Choose to walk in love. You're going to have to walk in love. But you're going to have to renew your thinking and renew your mind if you're going to be successful in walking in love. So walking in love, number two, second gear is to get the promises or scriptures before you so that you can remind yourself and renew your thinking. Number th uh, three, or the third gear to shift into is to simply be thankful. Be thankful. When you're feeling sorry for yourself, it's hard to be thankful, isn't it? Why? Because you start to compare. You start to look at somebody else. Well, it sure be nice being them. It sure be nice if I had that kind of house, that kind of car, that kind of family. Well, my wife was like her. Man, I listen, I'd be, I'd be doing just fine too, right? Well, if my husband was like your husband, there's all kinds of stuff, right? But God desires for us to be thankful. What am I being thankful for? The only way that I can be thankful, well, in fact, let me give you an example. Grayson, can you give me those mints right there, please? Thank you. Did you notice when my thank you came? When I asked her to give those to me, or upon her giving them to me, did my thanks come before or after me receiving? After. The Bible says that God's promises are yes and amen. Or in other words, they're already forever settled in heaven. And you've got to get that settled in your heart that God's promises are concrete in your life and are available to you right now. 
And so when you begin to become thankful, you are saying, God, I acknowledge that it's already mine. I acknowledge your goodness, your faithfulness. I acknowledge your grace. I acknowledge that you are taking care of me. I acknowledge you, God. Thank you. And because of your thanksgiving, it allows God to get what he has for you to start moving on your behalf. Why? Because you're already acknowledging what he said he's already done. Is this making sense to you? Now, once again, you're thinking, well, I haven't received it. No, listen. The promise of God for your life is already established. Let me share this story with you real quick before I move on to my last point. I said to you, seeing yourself is already having and being thankful. You've, you've been around, you've heard that my wife's mom has had to go into a nursing home. And being a thousand miles away there, she's in Oklahoma. It's, it was something that was heavy on her heart because it's like, well, how do I handle this? They're moving her without option into a nursing home because she can't take care of herself right now. But I can't help because I'm a thousand miles away. So she began to pray, God... I don't want her just to go anywhere. I want her to go into a nice nursing home. And if you've ever been to nursing homes, they're not all equal. I mean, there are some that you wouldn't want your dog to go to. You, you know what I mean? And so she's like, I, I, my, God, I want my mom to go to a nice nursing home. But then there's all kinds of complications with that. And so she's, God, what, what do I do? And he said, you just pray in the spirit. Just pray. You don't know what to pray with your natural mind. Just pray in the spirit. And then she began to pray as her mom got in there. And there's all kinds of complications and all kinds of obstacles that came against. And, and, and the administrator was being so difficult to work with. And, and she kept telling us our, our, our mom is going to have to be removed from the nursing care home, going over into the other place. And we're like, God, what do we do? And he says, just pray. Just pray. So that's all we knew to do is trust God. And God, you said, therefore, because you said, we'll trust you and believe you. And then in addition to that, she, her mom was, and it was sad because she actually got to go visit mom. And she said she was sitting there talking to mom. And mom with tears running down her face says, don't leave me here. As though it was a little child that you're saying, we'll see you at the end of the summer. Don't leave me here. Can I come home with you? And to have that pulling on your heart and the turmoil that mom was going through. And so as she began to pray, she said, the Lord said to her, pray for peace for mom. Just pray for peace. Okay, God, because you said to pray for mom's peace, I'm praying and God, I trust you that you're going to give her peace. Well, so then when the administration kept coming to us and saying, we're going to have to move her, we're going to have to move her. And finally, mom got wind of that. And she's like, I don't want to move. She said, I finally am at peace here, and I got to know the, the, the nursing care women, and, and, and I like it here. So prayer number one was answered. Now, it took a little time to get there, but we held on to the promise of God. And see, God said, you just pray. Just pray. Just pray in the Spirit. When you don't know what to pray, just trust me, and I'll work it out. So the day came where the obstinate administrator calls my wife and says, hey, we're going to move her today, but we can't move her. Can you some, send somebody to get her? And we're like, you bonehead, man, I'll punch you in the mouth if I was there. You know, just, just irritated with the way people are acting. 
And sometimes you just wonder, is it all about money? What is it about? You know, you just get frustrated. And so we're like, no, we, we don't have nobody to send. And then she gets back in contact with my wife and she says, well, the place that we were sending her filled up the bed so we can't send her there. So she's going to have to stay with us for another 14 days. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, take that, yeah. And then just after that, this obstinate nursing care person calls or gets a hold of my wife and says, well, just want to let you know we're going to let her stay here long term. Now that came with a lot of headache. It came with turmoil in the natural arena. The motions up and down. But all the while, God, you said, your promise is we hold fast to that. We shift gears and we hang into there until we see you come, bring it to pass. And here it is. God worked on our behalf and in our favor. And just what God said is what he did. So don't think that just because you're holding fast that it doesn't come with potholes or bumps in the road no they're there the enemy wants to discourage you but hold fast to the promise of God number four fourth gear is be generous be generous you might say oh you're talking about money pastor no, I ain't talking about money money's just part of it but do you realize your generosity can turn a, a situation, an environment, a culture faster than anything else? Do you realize you can be generous in your love when you just want to punch somebody in the mouth and it's like, <laughs> God bless you. Right? You can be generous with your time. You can be generous with your ear. You can be generous with your help. You can be generous with your money. Again, what are we talking about? We're talking about shifting gears for God to move in our lives. And the only reason why God hasn't been able to move is because we've been holding on to so hard and are afraid to let go of what we thought we had. And God's saying, will you just let go? In fact, try being extremely generous. And you, you'll find out that I'll pour into your life far more than you can even begin to imagine. Amen. Now, hear what I'm saying. It's not like you're doing God any favors. But when you come to church, you're being generous with your time. Like I said, it's not like you're, you know, giving God one, hey, listen, that showed up, God. I mean, no, you're here because you want to be here. You could be somewhere else. But you chose to be generous with your time. Say, God, I'm going to come. And be with my family. Well, see, when you're not with your family, generous with your time, then obviously you're not able to hear what God has for you, right? So God wants to meet you where you're at. Are you ready to shift gears? Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. You move from where you were to where you are physically right now in the seat that you sat. Now I want you to make the determination that from this seat, this position, I'm leaving different than the person that I came in. You might say, well, I wasn't a bad person when I came in. I wouldn't say that you were. 
But let's just purpose to shift it to the next gear. My efforts to pursue God. My efforts to walk in love. My efforts to be thankful. My efforts to be generous. Let's be different people in this hour. Because this is the hour that God is wanting to reach this world. And He can't do it without people like you. Are you ready for the journey of your life? Are you ready for just the most fun you've ever experienced? Are you ready just to have heaven on earth? This is the hour. This is the time. With every head bowed and every eye closed, listen, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're watching or listening online, if you've never received Jesus into your heart, you say, I don't know how to do that. I thought just going to church made me a Christian. No. Just like going into a garage and making noise like a car doesn't make you a car. Just showing up for church doesn't make you a Christian. You might say, well, I believe in God. But you realize that the Bible tells us that the devil believes in God, but he's not in heaven nor ever will be. But the Bible does say this, that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, or in other words, receive salvation. And so I just want to give you the opportunity. If you're here right now, not by emotions, not by being convinced to do so, but if you're here and you're saying, I don't know whether or not I'd go to heaven, but I want to know that I will. And I want to begin a journey right now pursuing God. I want to shift it into the next year. I want to just lead you in a prayer to help you know what to do. And then there's the next step. But if you're here, every head bowed, every eye closed, but you say, you know, Pastor, I don't know whether I'd go to heaven if I was to die. Would you just lift your hand so I could see it? I'm not going to call you out front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to know if that's you in this place. You say, I want to know Jesus. Anybody. Anybody. Then I trust that if you're here today, you've asked Jesus into your heart. You've confessed your sins and you said, Jesus, you are my Lord. If you're watching or listening online, I want to be able to lead you in a prayer. All of us here, why don't we just join in with Him? Say this with me Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I ask you now to forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Savior and be my Lord from this moment on. In Jesus' name, I commit my life unto you. Amen. 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 Just a simple prayer. No fancy words. No formula other than just saying Jesus I need you but there's a journey and if you don't know how to pursue a relationship with God or what the next step is we have what we call believers packs they're down at the connect spot and you just grab one of those it's a little green envelope and in there's some material some things that will help you but listen I want you to know we're here for you and this year of 2020 is going to be amazing Amen. Let's do life together. Let's run the race together. Let's shift gears together. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, God bless you. We love you. 
Remember this Wednesday. Take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.